0: Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who podcast and now videocast. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I am really glad that you are watching or listening today. Today, I have my friend, Dr. Michelle Bingston with me, because we are going to talk about depression, anxiety, and all those things that might be going on with our mental health during this COVID-19 crisis. I really thought this morning that I should have just started a whole new season of the podcast called The Quarantine Chronicles So you can just imagine that that's what this is. Let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. B uh, before we get going. She's a board-certified clinical neuropsychologist with more than 20 years of experience in the diagnosis and treatment of medical and mental disorders in children, adults, and seniors. She's also a speaker. She's author of three books, And the one that just came out, you guys, I I just did an interview with Dr. B a couple months ago, maybe, but her book that just came out is on anxiety. It's called Breaking Anxiety's Grip. It's so good. And I'll stop talking and let you talk. Welcome, Dr. Michelle Bingston to the Compared to Who podcast. Hey, friend. It's always good to be back
1: together with you.
0: Well, I asked you to chat today because I feel like so many women that I know and myself personally, like we've been experiencing all of these things mentally and emotionally that we've never experienced before. Uh, From depression or just like bouts of like daily blues to maybe full-blown anxiety and fear from watching the news. What have you been observing that that people are dealing with right now?
1: You know, before this pandemic hit, Statistics suggested that 264 million people struggled with a bona fide anxiety disorder, but those statistics were just based off those who sought help. Mm -hmm. Only about one third of those who really struggle with a diagnosable condition actually get help. But now that this pandemic has hit, it's like everybody's go-to reaction is worry, fear, anxiety, panic, dread, doubt, despair. I mean, it's coming out of the woodworks. And it really just goes to underscore what I've said over and over again. And and that is, is that before the crisis hits, we have to be grounded and know what we believe because when the crisis hits, you've got no time to weigh your options. You're going to fall back on what your core beliefs are. And if your core beliefs are things like, I've got to be in control, that sets us up to really struggle with worry, fear, and anxiety. And you know, I say in my book that worry seeps, anxiety creeps, but crises explode. Well, we're seeing all three of those
0: happen right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is so good. And that is so true. So let's, let's start with depression. And I'm going to apologize to anyone listening for my dog barking in the background. <laughs> She's seen a squirrel or something. <laughs> you know, this is just this is real life quarantine chronicles here. Tired of quarantine. Come on. <laughs> exactly. um, my children are are failing at their job of keep the dog quiet for the next hour. <laughs> anyway, um, so but let's let's start let's start with depression, okay? Because I think from what I'm hearing from friends that. Um, it, it, might not even be recognizable as, as depression really, you know, but just that feeling of, uh, I don't know if I can wake up this morning and do it all over again, or feeling more tired. Like what are some of the other signs to look for uh, when it comes to dealing with, with some sort of depression?
1: I'm going to give you signs and symptoms to look for, but I also want you to keep in mind to be looking for these in your children mm. and in your parents, but keep in mind, not everybody is going to present the same way. It's a little bit like with allergies. You might go to the doctor and complain of, you know, a stuffy nose and a sore throat. And I might complain of a runny nose and itchy eyes. And we could both have the same diagnosis of allergies, but present totally differently. And you're right that a lot of people may not recognize this, Heather. That was one of the things that astounded me most in private practice was that the majority of people who came in who struggled with a true case of depression, they didn't realize what they were struggling with until after I spent some time with them and evaluated and then gave them a diagnosis. They were grateful to have kind of a name to put to it, because they knew something wasn't right, but they didn't necessarily know what it was. Now, some people, when they experience depression, they have the classic symptoms of can't get out of bed, they cry all day at the drop of the hat, but the majority of people don't present that way. They're more likely to present with feelings of lack of control, difficulty making decisions. A lot of people when they're depressed, they're irritable or Mm -hmm. agitated, more angry than usual. But frequently we will see a change in personality to some degree. The things that may not have gotten under our skin before are starting to get under our skin. And we may be experiencing changes in appetite, eating out of boredom, eating too much, eating too little, changes Mm -hmm. in sleep. Some people are sleeping way too much and some people are sleeping way too little and they've gotten away from their usual schedule Mm -hmm. because nothing is normal right now and a change in energy level. But something to look for as well is if there's a decreased interest in things that were previously enjoyable, That's one of the signs and symptoms of depression. So there's mood changes, there's personality changes, there's changes in what we call vegetative symptoms, sleep, energy, appetite, Mm -hmm. and frequently when we struggle with depression, we have difficulty paying attention, concentrating, making decisions, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing a lot of that right now. It's almost like a paralysis that people are experiencing and some of it is normal because it's like groundhog day. (laughs) Every day is the same. You and I were laughing before this recording because I know the day of the week, but I'm not sure of the date. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: would normally know that because I run my life by a calendar. Well, there's not a whole lot of use in my calendar right now because everything is out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I want your listeners to hear is extend yourself some grace. Mm -hmm none of this is normal. And it didn't come with a manual, but there are some things that we can do about it to try to mitigate what we're experiencing.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let's go there. I'm, I'm laughing and smiling a little bit as I'm thinking about how angry I got with my husband over eating a hamburger bun when I had carefully counted out how many hamburger buns we needed for the hamburgers that I had planned. And I was like, ah! But, um, so yeah, you find yourself just with a short fuse over things that are, would be absolutely ridiculous under normal conditions, but under these conditions, it's, it's just different. And also I've had this discussion with a lot of friends too, like not being able to keep thoughts in my head. Like I know I have three things scheduled for this afternoon, but I have to keep going and checking the calendar. Is that kind of part of it too?
1: It absolutely is. Yeah. And that can be a sign and symptom of anxiety as well. Hmm. When we're anxious, we have difficulty concentrating and we can spend a lot of energy focusing on the wrong things. And that robs our brain of the ability to focus on the vital things. Hmm. Right now we're spending a lot of energy on things like, do I have enough toilet paper and where am I going to find it instead of, making sure that the kids get their homework done or that we're on the zoom call that we need to be on with our boss or making sure that we've got the grocery list made out. We're spending a lot of mental energy on areas that we're not accustomed to even having to think about.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I've spent so many hours trying to get a pickup time at a grocery store and get that list just right. Because I know I only have a couple substitutions and it's, uh, yeah it's it's just it's it's a different world that's taking a toll on us. So what's our hope? What do we do if we see those signs and symptoms in ourselves and then maybe answer also, what do we do to help our kids?
1: Yeah, a lot of this comes back to where is our perspective in the early stages of this whole quarantine and epidemic. I realized that what I was hearing from so many people and my own family included was that we had the perspective of, I have to. Mm -hmm. So many parents now have to homeschool their kids Mm -hmm. and they were not accustomed to doing that nor equipped to do it. Many people are having to work from home. Many, many people are now having to get creative with the meals that they fix, these kinds of things. When we have that perspective of I have to, what we're really saying is we feel like all control has been taken out of our hands. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, that's a slippery slope into either depression and or anxiety. So what I did was challenged friends and family to switch that perspective from I have to, to I get to. Mm -hmm. This is a time where I'm spending so much more quality time with my teenager who's graduating next year. Mm -hmm. I will never get this much one-on-one time with him again. So I switched my perspective from I've got to supervise school to I get to spend quality time with my child who's about to leave the nest. Mm -hmm. I would normally be traveling and speaking, speaking a lot right now. Instead, all my speaking engagements dried up because all the events have canceled, but I get to spend time at home with my family and I get to sleep in my own bed instead of Mm -hmm. run from gate to gate in the airport. And I, I get to encourage my family to be more creative in what they're eating and how they're getting exercise right now. And what I found is when we shift that perspective from I have to, to I get to, all of a sudden we've regained the power and control Mm -hmm. that we feel like we've lost. And that takes us from a place of anxiety and depression to a place of residing in peace. But for our children, as well as for ourselves, to the degree that's possible, and I recognize that this has changed, but to the degree that's possible, if we can impose some degree of structure in our day, that helps so much. What I found with my teenager was that he, his sleep cycle was getting out of whack and he was staying up till two or three in the morning and then sleeping until 11 or 12. And that's not working because then the rest of his schedule is off kilter. He's not getting his regular exercise. Meals are at odd times. (laughs) His brain is not functioning as well as it could be. Your brain is accustomed to a structure and a schedule. You normally go to bed at X time, you normally get up at X time. We need to get back to that right now because that helps our brain naturally regenerate those neurotransmitters that contribute to depression and anxiety.
0: Been bogging you down for too long. It's time to get free, my friend. Go to, compare to who.me. take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to, to who.me. There's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today right after this episode, of
1: course. Now, some of this we can't control, but the degree that you can, go ahead and exert some structure and routine back into your day.
0: That's really good. And, you know, that I have to, switching that I have to, to I get to, like, I don't know if it's just me, (laughs) But, but one of the things I have a challenge with is, as I started this whole journey, it was, well, at first we thought it was going to be two weeks tops, right? (laughs) But but it was looking forward to like, okay, I've got this set time that I know I'll be at home and I'm type A, get stuff done. And so I was facing this big battle of, oh, it's a great time to rest. And oh, it's a great time to get things done. And now that we're at the end or well, maybe hopefully hopefully nearing the end of it. I mean, here in Texas, we're going to be set free somewhat on Friday, but our our shelter in place order ends um, on Thursday. So so as we're nearing the end or hoping that the end is in sight, I'm feeling this pressure of, I didn't get done all those things that I had to do and then and then like on top of all the other things adding this like ridiculous like oh but I didn't get that done and I was supposed to get that done and I certainly haven't even started cleaning my house among all those (laughs) other things you know like like the things you have to do to prepare to like see people and (laughs) again right so so that's that's a really good way to think about it just giving giving some freedom to uh to really what you're going to experience without the pressure of that, I have to. For
1: your listeners, you know, this program is called Compared to Who. And and what's so important for us to keep in mind is sometimes we decide in our own mind what we have to do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And sometimes that comes because we're seeing what other people are doing. And we're assuming, well, if they're doing that, then I need to be doing that. And what I have really found on this journey is that when God calls us to it, he's going to equip us to do it. And if we mess up, he still extends grace. But what I find for myself is that it's harder for me to extend grace to myself mm-hmm. because I've decided what I have to get done. Mm-hmm. And So if we can just start each day saying, Lord, I got a whole day ahead of me and it doesn't look like I thought it was going to look, will you just show me what you want me to get done today? Instead of comparing my to-do list to yours mm-hmm. or other content producers, it really frees me up because he only wants me to do what he's called me to do. And he said his yoke is easy and burden is light. My yoke tends to be very mm-hmm. heavy. mm mm-hmm. And so I think it's really looking at where is this pressure coming from yeah. and is it from God? And if it is, then we need to go ahead and do what he's told us to do. We need to be obedient. But if we're putting it on ourselves, that's really just the enemy trying to fuel that worry, fear, and anxiety in ourselves. And it's not a fun place to live.
0: Yeah. Amen. That's really good. I've had, I've had a lot of women reach out to me and say that they were struggling with, with quarantine comparison. You know, like I didn't do this like she did, or we're not doing crafts every day, or our homeschool does not look like everyone's sitting around the table smiling. Our homeschool looks like people crying, you know, all those sorts of things that, you know, can be really tempting to compare in, in this time. And, and I think probably since we're more isolated, I'm just, I'm curious, I don't know if you've seen anything on this, but I would guess that most of us are spending more time on social media media as a form of connection, and then what happens, and you know, I've, I've looked at the data on this, I know you have too, I mean, the data shows that if you're on social media, you, you have a higher, a higher percentage chance of going down those roads of depression and anxiety through, yeah. through the channel of comparison. There's a
1: very high correlation between the amount of time we are on social media and the degree to which we will struggle with depression and anxiety. I mean, I love the connection and I love the increased opportunities that we're seeing digitally to relate to each other. But when we're numbing out, Mm. scrolling through a feed, really, that's a trap to be comparing ourselves to others. My dinner doesn't look like a lot of the pictures I saw on Instagram (laughs) Can I just say, I mean, it was like burritos and taquitos out of a frozen bag. Now, is that how I want to feed my family? No, but sometimes You got to do what you got to do. but Comparing what I put on the table to what I was seeing on social media, if I let it bother me, you know, all of a sudden, I'm the worst mom, I'm the worst wife, I'm the worst, you know, healthcare professional. (laughs) It's not a good place to be.
0: You know what's so funny about that? My son was on a call for his, his homeschool class had a call. And so there's eight kids and his teacher, and it was right after Easter. And the teacher asked what did everyone do for Easter? And my son's response was, well, mom made these really delicious frozen chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> she never lets us eat. They were so good. And my thought was, oh my word, don't tell everyone that we ate frozen chicken fingers on Easter. Like worst mom ever. Like surely I could have come up with something better for the holiday. <laughs> but, but instead, that's what my son is bragging to his friends about, our frozen chicken fingers. <laughs>
1: Well, but let's just turn that around and reframe it and say, you gave your son a great memory. He thought Easter was fabulous. You could
0: have put on a gourmet meal and he wouldn't have enjoyed yeah. it here as much. So you just won mom of the year award. That's true. Ham and scallops potatoes would not have been reported on during that call. But, but frozen chicken fingers, woohoo! bring them on. You won. That's so funny. Well, what about anxiety? Okay, so we already had basically, like you you used the data before, but so high rates of anxiety. What is that going to look like now going forward? I mean, I would think that people might feel less likely to get help in this time because they you know, might not want to go meet with someone or might not recognize that there's different ways to get help aside from going and meeting with someone in person. But what do you do if you're feeling anxious? What do you do if, and I know you've worked with people that didn't want to leave their houses as, as part of a condition before there were COVID 19 germs around. So, how many more people are going to be struggling with that fear of germs and, and the fear of interacting with other people? And what do we do, Dr. B? What do we do?
1: What we're seeing is that fewer and fewer people are reaching out for necessary help, whether it's a medical condition or mm-hmm. it's a mental health issue, because There's that extraordinarily high fear of coming in contact with those who've got COVID-19. The good thing is, is that there are so many things that we can do at home to wrestle with the giants of worry, fear, and anxiety. One of the things that I recommend is that we talk back to it. You know, worry, fear, and anxiety is a constant conversation in our head. If you ever find yourself thinking, what if? it's probably an indication that it's an anxious thought. What if I can't feed my family? What if I can't find toilet paper? What if my husband doesn't get rehired back at his job? What if, what if, what if, right? When that happens, that's an indication that you've let worry, fear and anxiety take over. I'm not saying these are not valid concerns, but scripture tells us, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Today has enough concerns of its own. God tells us over 300 times in scripture, don't be afraid, don't worry, be anxious for nothing. And what I try to remember, and this is interesting because I was talking to my son about this and he said, well, mom, you know, it's like you always say, and I held my breath for a second because I thought, oh no, what is it that I always (laughs) say? And he said this on my podcast. So, you know, I mean, it was going to be out there for the public. And I thought, what do I always say? He said, mom, you always say this did not take god by surprise Mm -hmm. and he says in his word i know the plans i have for you they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans for a future and a hope the whole thing heather about anxiety is that anxiety is really a misappropriation of our trust Mm -hmm. when we start feeling anxious we're putting our trust in people or circumstances or our bank account or our pantry and our refrigerator more than we're trusting God. And when God showed that to me, it was like a slap because he was right. I was like, Oh my word, you're right. I'm putting more trust in what the doctor says, what a diagnosis says, what my bank account says. Whereas God says he promises to provide for all of our needs according to his glorious riches, right? Mm -hmm. So it really comes back to, are we going to trust the character of God? And in Breaking anxiety script, I really wrestled with what does that mean? How practically do we trust God? So I came up with an acronym because God really convicted me at a certain point in my life. And it, it was so clear. He said, Michelle, do you trust me for everything? And I had to say, no, in that circumstance, yes, I trusted him for my husband's job. I trusted him that we would have an income, but, but there were certain areas that I was holding back. Mm -hmm. I was worrying about. And so I had to say, no, I don't show me how to trust you. So the acronym trust T R U S T I think will be helpful. T is take God at his word. Mm -hmm. You know, man will fail us every time. I can have the best intentions as your friend, but I'm going to let you down. My husband has the best intentions as my spouse, but he's going to let me down. But God's word never fails and he never goes against his promises. So take God at his word. R is rest in his presence and promises. We cannot have peace apart from God's presence. But what I'm seeing right now is that people are really scattering and they're they're clamoring for something to hold on to and they're sacrificing a lot of time in the word. Whereas their normal daily schedule might have been they got up, they took their shower, they had their quiet time. People's schedules are out of whack right now and we're not spending as much time in the word. Mm-hmm. That needs to be one of our top priorities yeah. because that's where we will find his peace.
2: Mm-hmm
1: then you, and this one is crucial for this crisis that we're going through, you is understand that the outcome doesn't depend on us. Mm. We can do whatever God has called us to do, but then we have to release it and say, it's up to you. And that took so much weight off my shoulders to realize I wasn't responsible for all the outcomes of the world. I'm not responsible for how this COVID thing plays out. I'm just responsible for doing whatever God told me to do. And then He's the one that's going to bring the harvest. Then S is remember that God is sovereign. Like I just mentioned, this didn't take God by surprise. Mm -hmm. And he already knows how he's going to handle whatever the current crisis is. When we get through this COVID thing, it's not going to be the end of our crises. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trials. Mm -hmm. So we can recognize that God already knows how he's going to get us through this and the next crisis, and the next, which includes if COVID has a resurgence in the fall, like they're suggesting, okay, God already knew about it. And then the last T is turn to the testimony of previous experiences. When I look back over my life, God has gotten me through every single difficult circumstance 100% of the time. So if he's been faithful every time before, Why would I not trust him to be faithful now and in the future? So T is take God at his word. R is rest in his presence and promises. U is understand the outcome doesn't depend on us. S is acknowledge that God is sovereign. And T, turn to the testimony of previous experiences. And if you're struggling right now because the anxiety is so high, if you're struggling to remember what God has gotten you through before, turn to his word. Because in the Bible, he gives so many examples of how he got other people through difficult times worse than what we're experiencing now. (laughs) That should buoy our faith to be able to trust him in this. And when we say, Lord, I trust you, help me where I'm not trusting you. That's a prayer he's
0: going to answer. Yeah, That's really good. I love that acronym, that T-R-U-S-T acronym. That's really good. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out "Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compare to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. when you were at the U, I was thinking about all the homeschool, what the they didn't sign up to be a homeschool mom, homeschool moms, and how just as, as a homeschool mom that was homeschooling before it was cool, <laughs> or before everyone was required to do it is probably more accurate. But I just, there's been so many times where you start to feel like, I am, I'm responsible for how much my kids learn. Are they going to be behind? If we don't do every exercise in this book, is my kid going to never be able to get into college? And, and I was just thinking about how many moms are listening today that are maybe having those same wrestlings as well, like feeling this pressure with trying to do school and maybe trying to work as well as as doing school with their kids and, and feeling this burden of it's all on me. It's all on me. I'm used to it being on a teacher, but now it's all on me. And so, I think your words are really, really insightful for for any mom in that space right now, listening, just to know that it's not all on you,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> and and if I can just give you one word of encouragement, it's breathe. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. breathe. Take yeah. a deep breath. You know, and in that deep breath, you might be praying, "Lord, help me." Mm-hmm such a simple prayer you know at some of my most difficult times in my life the only thing I could say was Jesus Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or help Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: breathe because you cannot physiologically be anxious and stressed and worried and at peace at the Mm -hmm. same time it is physiologically impossible so if you want to be at peace you want to be relaxed start by just taking some good deep breaths and, you know, inhale his peace and exhale that worry and say, Lord, that's your problem to handle. I'm not that good, (laughs) but you
0: are. Amen. That's good. Okay. So what, at what point should someone seek extra help?
1: I would normally say if any of those signs and symptoms that we talked about have been going on for more than a couple of weeks (laughs) or (laughs) they seem to be getting worse over time rather than better, that's normally when we say it might be helpful to get some outside help. Now, we are in a very unprecedented time and I wouldn't hold fast to that rule, but I would say if you notice that this is getting worse, not better, first of all, there is no shame in seeking help. If you suspected you'd had a heart attack, you'd get help. If you had diabetes, you would get help. If you had a heart attack, you would get help. Well, depression and anxiety are medical conditions just Mm -hmm. like heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. Let's get help. There's no shame in it because there's no manual. Mm -hmm. to help us get through some of these circumstances. The president doesn't even know. I mean, he's relying on experts to try to give him help. So if our president's willing to do that, surely we can do that to allow us to live from a place of confidence and peace and hope rather than being caught up in this worry, fear, anxiety, depression, doubt, and despair.
0: Yeah, Amen. That's good. And I would just encourage anyone listening or watching to just reach out to your church if you don't know where to start in terms of getting help. I know I've counseled women in the past to reach out to their church and they've kind of felt like, well, I don't want to bother the pastor. I don't want to bother anyone there. But let me encourage you that that's what they're there for. And if there's not a counseling team on staff at your church they can connect you, hopefully, to someone who is a biblical counselor or or a psychologist that they trust um, that that is near you that is probably doing televisits right now. I'm guessing that's what a lot of people are doing. So so don't be afraid that you're going to have to leave the house if you get an appointment with someone. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to someone if if you need the help. There's there's absolutely no shame in that. So well, and there are a
1: lot of good groups even on facebook right now we've got the hope prevails community and people in there they've struggled with the exact issues that we're talking about today and they're a really supportive group but there are other groups even within social media where you can raise your hand and say i'm struggling and you will get hundreds of people will say i get it i've been there too let me come alongside you now is that's a good use i think of social media whereas that comparison, maybe not so much, but this is a, this is an opportunity where other people can say you're not alone. I get it.
0: Absolutely. And that's so good. So that's your hope prevails group on Facebook. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Because it's so important. I mean, especially when you're isolated like this, if you feel alone, do something about it. Take action. I mean, hopefully people are reaching out to you as well, but but don't wait for that. Take action and find find people. That's really good. Well, Dr. B, any last thoughts for anyone who maybe is, you know, just bogged down with all this today? Any any final words? Yeah, keep in mind that.
1: God says in His Word that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And one of the key ways that I think that we can really use power, love, and sound mind to really help mitigate worry, fear, and anxiety is remembering the power of our words. I find so many people, right now, especially, but even before this pandemic, would say things like, Well, I'm just worried about or I'm just Mm -hmm. afraid that. And really what that is, is speaking that worry, fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. over your situation. I'm not saying don't be honest, but what I am saying is that you can turn that around and say, but Lord, I'm going to trust you because Mm -hmm. in your word, you have said to be my provider, to be my healer, to be my comforter, to be my redeemer, whatever your need is today God's word speaks to that. And when we speak out his word over our life and in our prayers, that's the kind of prayer he wants to answer. We know it's in his will. I have so many people ask me all the time, how do I know if I'm praying in his will? If you are praying God's word back to him, Mm -hmm. you know you are praying in his will because he spoke it. And he has said his word's not going to return void until it accomplishes all that he intended it to. So when you start feeling depressed or worried or anxious, be speaking scripture out loud over your situation. And I think you will find that will bring a certain sense of peace. And then the other thing you can do is be praying and playing praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I suggest that is twofold. One is because God says he inhabits the praises of his people. But the second thing is the enemy hates it when we're praising God. So when we've got that praise and worship music on, it's kind of like, you know, having a barricade around our house saying, you don't get to enter here.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Well, hey, would you mind just uh, saying a prayer for anyone listening today that's struggling?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Father, I just thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice or who's seeing this video. Father, you know exactly their circumstance and their situations. And you already know how you're going to get them through. But Father, emotions can be so real and compelling. Would you just remind each one of your truth that speaks specifically into their situation and how you promise to be our provider for whatever we need? Father, I thank you that none of this has taken you by surprise. And I thank you that you don't guilt us or shame us. In fact, you say there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Father, would you just comfort them? Would you put your peaceful balm over their households, over their minds and over their heart, Lord, that they would recognize that you are still sovereign, you are still in control and that you're gonna walk each of us through what we're facing right now. Father, we look forward to the days ahead where we're able to look back and see how you worked in our situation. Thank you, Lord, that we never leave your sight and that it is your desire to be close to the brokenhearted and to rescue those who are crushed in spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us and your protection over us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you so much. So if you want to connect with Dr. Michelle Bankston, I will have the spelling of your name in the show <laughs> notes because I know that's a tricky one, but your books are real easy to find because it's Breaking Anxiety's Grip and Hope Prevails. And then the Hope Prevails Study Guide, that's the third one, right? That's um, the Hope Bible Study. Bible Study. Great. So they're all on Amazon and I think Amazon's sending books again, but I'm guessing, is Baker de- Fulfilling... Books directly now? They
1: are. Yes. Okay. They're sending books again. And the ebook version of Breaking Anxiety's Grip is on sale through the end of the month. Ooh. So now's a perfect time to snatch it up.
0: Great. Download that today, my friends. That will make a difference in your lives. I promise you. So I um thank you so much for for coming back to the show and for talking to us about all of this current awesome. stuff that we're dealing with always fun to be with you too. Thanks, Michelle. Well, that's all for today's episode of Compared to Who. I hope something that you heard today will help you stop comparing and start living. Thanks for listening or watching. Bye-bye. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.